Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's the host with the most, Mosh Kosh, and of course, my assistant, Natasha. <laughs> have you noticed that cardboard smells like dog shit? I have noticed. Why did you bring that up? Oh, because you were saying the mic smelled. They didn't know that, though. That was off mic. Oh, I'm sorry. But the mic smells like straight up cat piss. No joke. <laughs> the mic, every week, our mics smell like cat piss. And we've got new ones. We buy. We go buy new ones. We don't have cats. We don't have cats. And it's not we're the dogs. praying that our dogs die. Because we go. No, you are. <laughs> you know how many people came up to me at my shows in um, in Raleigh this weekend asking me how Pablo was and if Pablo was still alive? People at the Bell House. The, the Honeymooners showed up. And uh, Honeymooners stand up and they were all saying, how's Pablo? Is Pablo okay? And everybody, Pablo is doing just fine. How big would you say the thing is that's attached to his eye now? He's got a sty and it's definitely... Would you say it's bigger than a marshmallow? I would say a it's A small bigger, marsh. It's would, the size of a small marshmallow. I would say it's probably exactly the size of your heart. <laughs> Not a joke. I feel like my, my heart is bigger than a marshmallow. Not when it comes to Pablo. <laughs> Now, Pablo, come up here and let's hang out. Hopefully he doesn't start coughing. Pablo's doing good. Pablo lives. Basically, Pablo is on this medication that is making him seem like he's a heroin addict on St. Mark's. He Misha. definitely does. He just starts like spiraling he definitely downwards. Does do the knot. He's, he's nodding off a little bit. It's actually weird because he, when he takes the medication, you would think, and it made me have a newfound understanding for heroin addicts because you always see heroin addicts kind of doing that nod and you go, why don't you just find a bench, dude? I don't know how good of an editor our producer is or not. I don't actually listen to this podcast, but um, <laughs> our child just came and interrupted, and she is so funny when she has a bad dream. Oh, it's she, like 
she stops using um what are those words to the connect words conjunct conjunctives or or is that an eye infection uh you know ands and does and i and pronouns and you know i don't like pronouns but um she's like nightmare head explode <laughs> that my nightmare it's like talking like a caveman all of a sudden <laughs> head explode well i went in there to say good night to her before our podcast and it, it was in the dark and she said mommy why do you have so much makeup on <laughs> She could see it. In the dark. Well, you've been doing that I weird... I didn't think I had that much makeup on. Well, you've been doing that weird... Put on some... Kim Kardashian contouring oh thing. Oh, my God. Why no, do you do that? That you do... contour your face like Shut that? Shut up. I get why you do the Botox. I get why you do the lip filler. I get why you're doing the constant um, citrus uh, human piss laser peels and stuff like that. But the contour... Okay, hold on. Speaking of our child, can I just say, this really depressed me. She... Tonight when I came in, you guys were looking at sparkly jackets and then she said she wants to get a jacket like an LOL surprise girl. <laughs> I never let her watch that show. When we see that icon on Netflix, I go past it. How are you home one day and now you're shopping for that jacket? By the way, you don't even know the half of it. Because What's an LOL surprise girl? Well, it's an LOL surprise doll. Oh. And I was actually there tonight, I believe, for the first time our child ever said LOL because she stumped, she struggled with it. She's like, I want to look like a. It's hard to say. LOL. And then I was like, You mean LOL? She doesn't know what LOL means because she's four. She can't pronounce it even. And then by the end of the evening, she was like, LOL surprise doll. LOL surprise doll. LOL. LMFAO. Laughing out loud. Laughing my fucking ass off. She had like mastered it and she just kept saying it. <laughs> but I swear to God, tonight I go, What the what? The She sounded like um like a boomer trying to say it. Poor girl. Poor everybody. We're on the fucking precipice of everything falling apart. Tonight is Sunday. Then it's going to be Monday and then Tuesday and then goodbye, America. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We should be fine. Um, Natasha. How will it affect you, Moshe? You know, this whole idea of like you either have a good a good nation or Hitler is so fake. Most nations outside of like a very little teeny sliver are in in somewhere in the middle of like a, a, of a progressive liberal democracy and a fascist um, nightmare like Mussolini. You know what I mean? Most countries are kind of like they just kind Doesn't of like Italy have a woman in charge. Like every country yeah. has had a woman in charge except Italy for has us. a fascist woman in charge. Actually. Okay, well, I'm just saying. We're Wait, the what only, are you saying? I'm saying that <laughs> in a way, America's never elected a woman. So in a way, n not in a way. I mean, it is that is the way. I'm just saying that like tells you a lot. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's worse than you even think it is. I mean, maybe if, things are already worse than you thought. Well, they are definitely worse than we all think it is. Do you watch that hypernormalization documentary? Right. Mm -hmm. That that's a good documentary for those out there that want. Um, if you're out there and you're fe here's a suggestion. If you're out there and you're feeling like TikTok is uh, numbing your brain and making you feel like you can't pay attention to anything, I have got a three and a half hour um, <laughs> archival f news footage. But uh, it's on YouTube, so that's a plus. Over, you can access it at any time. Over a maudlin British man reading an essay that he wrote that's two and a half hours long, unbelievably dense. 
and extremely disturbing. But anyway, that's its whole. Co- are you good? You getting naked? Gonna... What are you trying to do? Some ex- some Patreon pa- content over there? Pablo wants to breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna attach that little sty to your nipple and get some of that mother's milk on it. Oh, Natasha. Oh, this is so nice to see you so matronly with our with our child Pablo, with our <laughs> our stepchild. Anyway, whatever. Why did I even start talking about politics? Here's what I started thinking about. Basically, the the what it the slide into, you know what? We're just a a regime that kind of sucks for multiple generations and you just kind of deal with it. That's the more common nation, right? It's like Iran and you know, and Turkey and um and um belarus and and a lot of nations are just like that they're like yeah the government's completely fucked but that not like the government was good before this is the thing that i think like gen z folk miss is they go but it was always corrupt and it's like yeah but for a long time we uh we had a theater of it being um stable and theater is important was there like, theater in the 60s? Wasn't that all Oh, yeah. Illegal? I mean, it's all fake. Obviously, in the 60s, there was literally legal segregation. Obviously, it was fake. But the projection of the illusion of stability actually is uh, good. You know, it's like it, the, 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 the wizard, of, like Oz was in better shape when they believed in the wizard than they were when they realized it was just some dude, uh, some fucking snake oil salesman who got lost in his hot air balloon, right? Like... They were in better shape because they thought that there was a, a leader that had great power. And once Oz goes back to uh, fucking Kansas, well, now Oz goes into chaos because the reality that they've been living with, which is that nothing's really in charge and that everything's essentially chaos, becomes extremely clear to the munchkins, to the scarecrow people, to the um, the brownies, to the witches, both good and bad. How long can you extend a metaphor, are, are you asking? I can keep going. But at any rate, that's what hypernormalization is all about, is that the job of every government is not actually to be stable because it's not possible to be stable when you have a population this big. Life and society is essentially chaos. The job of the, of the government is not to not have it be chaos. It's to project an image of not chaos, right? That's the same thing that like, um, that, like uh, that currency is based on, right? Money is is only based on our belief that money is real. I mean, money's not real. Money is like a piece of paper that we go to target. It used to be shells. It used to be shells. There's a story about uh, one of the one of the first monetary systems was these big stones in one of I think like a Polynesian tribe was these big like round stone wheels, and they were transporting one of the big they're very heavy stone wheels from one island to the next, and the boat sank and the fucking stone fell off into the sea. And rather than just go, we lost that money. The people in that island go, okay, well we know that the stone we saw the stone sink, so therefore the stone at the bottom of the sea we'll just accept that that is money because it makes no difference that's essentially all a dollar is it's just an illusion that we all decided to believe in so much so that there that, that there have been countries where they had incredible um inflation and currency devaluation and the way that they that they i think it was brazil or argentina and the way that they solved their currency devaluation was uh was not to do anything economically it was to do something psychologically where they would print the unbelievably inflated amount right like you it was so bad hyperinflation was so bad in that country i think it was argentina that you'd go to the store you go to the mall to buy some sunglasses 
and they'd be $50 and you'd come back the next week and they'd be $100 because it was just like out of control. So they started to do this thing where they would print um, the, the, the how much money it was, the number that it was, but then next to it, they would print what that number really represented in terms of like, like it, it, but it, it's a hundred Argentine dollars, but really it's about 20 American dollars or whatever. And people looking at that other number made them have confidence in the, in the currency again, and they slowly got control of their currency. The point is everything is an illusion. Everything is chaos. The job of a government is not, in fact, to stop the chaos. It's just to make the people believe they don't live in utter chaos. And by making them believe that, and you might even say by living in some sort of placid kind of illusion where they're hypnotized into believing in stability, they are actually able to create realpolitik stability. So... What, how will a terrible uh, um, election-denying um, rule of law goes out the window, let's just do it cowboy style, and what, whatever gets our team to the finish line goes, how will it affect us? Is it very slowly, as the projection of any stability starts to diminish, we will just become a place where we accept that we live in a, in a non-functioning government, where the government just does what it wants it follows no rules it goes back and forth to like you want this well you can't have this and then they're like we're taking away this so we'll fight for that and you never like have consistency well worse than that you have cronyism you have uh, the, the 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 whole system that of checks and balances and rule of law starts to slowly crumble until all of a sudden you're living in a semi a semi lawless where there's one set of rules that apply to the government, and then there's one set of rules that apply. Already, I'm not denying, already most of those things exist in our country as is, but they don't exist in full uh, naked repose. Anyway, Pablo takes Torbidol, and it makes him... Um, <laughs> he makes really him does seem like nod he's off. nodding off but on 8th and uh, St. Mark's and 2nd. And it makes me understand where they're coming from because I look at Pablo all day long as he stands there in his little butt... Like will fall out from underneath him, and I go, "Why don't you just lie down? Just fucking lie down, and you wouldn't be falling over." But there's there must be something pleasant about the experience of being upright while being almost unable to um, hold your balance, which is the precarious situation that our country finds itself in today. It's still upright, but it's about to teeter and fall. Tosh, yeah, they should order your book, but should we take a call? Uh, I guess, yeah, you're in a weird headspace, but why not take a call? I'm feeling a lot of dread. I'm feeling a lot of dread, but I'm still in a good mood. I'm, my whole thing in life... I think you're feeling dread because you spend a lot of time online. Of course that's true. Of course that's true. Well, just spend more time with your family and don't really look at your phone and you then you feel less You don't understand, my family dread. is more depressing than what I read on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, you're right. Of course you're right. You're 100% right. Everything is uh, dire Like on, you've been online. sitting in a Hilton Garden Inn in Raleigh for four days. Actually, it was an A-loft. It was very nice. <laughs> Looking at your Twitter feed, no wonder you're depressed. I'm not. Raleigh was a very charming city, a very nice city. I'm, mm. I'm not, but they need to do some work. I. This is not a joke. I Googled uh, things to do in Raleigh, and one of the first things that came up... Was the A-loft No, lounge? one of the first things... <laughs> One of the first things that came up was a airport shuttle <laughs> to get the fuck out of Raw. I'm not even joking. I hear you. Okay, listen, we got someone waiting for us. We're going to call Stephanie and Travis, not in Raleigh, 
in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta. Hi, honeymooners. It's Moshe. I got a question. What's a smell you love? Mine is the mat of a UFC octagon right after a really intense bloody card. Yours, probably me after a heavy workout. But there's one smell we can all agree is delicious. Fresh baked bread coming out of the oven on a chilly wintry morning during the holidays. This is not a dream, my friend. This smell can be yours, courtesy of Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first bake from frozen box for artisanal bread. They've got amazing rolls, pastries, and handmade pastas. I've made it all. I've made the bread, the pasta, the chocolate chip cookies, and I can tell you it's so easy, so quick, and it smells so delicious and tastes even better. This holiday season, they feature new limited-time sweet treats, such as pumpkin cinnamon rolls, orange cranberry biscuits, and a chocolate avalanche croissant. All you got to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash honeymoon. Choose what type of box you want to receive, how often they mail it right to you. It's easy to reschedule. You can skip a month, a week. You can cancel whatever you want. Are you hungry already? I bet you are. For a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon to start your subscription. That's right. Free croissants. Who doesn't like free croissants? Even the English, at the height of their war with the French, were talking about, give me them free croissants. So go to wildgrain.com slash honeymoon. Use the promo code honeymoon at checkout for $30 off your first box. What's up, Steph? What's up, Big Trav? How Hi, you Travis. guys feeling? Hi. <laughs> What's up, Natasha and Moshe? How you guys doing? Who do you guys relate more to, me or Moshe? Oh man, I'm a Moshe. Yeah, yeah a that's what's up. Yeah. Everybody's a Moshe or a Natasha. It's kind of like <laughs> Sex in the City, you know. I, I'm a bit of a Natasha, I would say. Okay, yeah. that's good. This is good. It's really sp- split down gender lines. And the truth is, the two of you, I assume, are a romantic couple. But yeah, we, you husband and wife, yes. look like brother and sister, but 100% <laughs> look related. And I think that's got to be in the mix of why you wanted each other so much. Yeah. We get that a lot. Yeah, yeah it, it's real. It's I actually used to think that husband and wife had to look like brother and sister. That that's what it would attract you? It was yeah. like an Oedipal kind of thing? Because we had like neighbors who had like the same hair. Mm. You know, like they, they just seemed like brother and sister. Well, I actually just found out that they didn't. So that's big for me. Oh, you, so that's actually why you pursued <laughs> Stephanie in the first place. You're like, well, you look a lot like my sibling. So this this must be love. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, cool. All right, well, how can we help? So we moved Wait, before we about- before we let you go, I have to tell you an anecdote that I once hooked up with a girl and it I might I wonder if I've told this story before, but I once hooked up with a girl and we had sex and it was a little not great. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of average awkward. It wasn't I, I, it was nothing to write home about. Or, but as Robert Hawkins, a great comedian, used to say, what, what sex is worth writing home about? He said, dear mom and dad, I got the best piece of ass last week. Anyway, Robert Hawkins, who I believe is... Anyway, whatever. Do you have a story about Robert Hawkins? No. It just reminded me of a bit. Anyway, she wrote me like a week after or a month after and was like, hey, that was fun to hook up. I'm sorry it wasn't you know more exciting. The truth is it was weird for me because I can't actually experience sexual pleasure unless... I am engaging in my sexual fetish, which is where you pretend to be my brother. And oh, no. 
which I, I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know how I would have reacted in that case. Anyway, go ahead, Travis and Stephanie. <laughs> so we moved into this neighborhood uh, about a year and a half ago and quickly found out that uh, the neighbors that were right next to like our side, our, uh, our driveways touch each other, our very busybody neighbors mm. were sort of always in our business. Yeah. And um, after about a year and a half, we finally set our first boundary with them. Like two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago, which we thought was pretty tame. What but was based it? on their reaction, specifically the husband, we kind of wanted to know if we're being assholes. What was the boundary? Um. Well, this particular incident was so much has happened in the past before this. But what happened was about two weeks ago, we walked outside and he's like super into his yard and stuff. And he, their yard is very beautiful. He loves yard work. We have different priorities in our house, which is fine. Um, and he had mulched a large part of our yard and put stones around it to match his yard, um, like part of our garden. And I just sent a text and I was like, hey, um, not a big deal, but would you mind just checking with us before you do yard work in your yard, in our yard? Thanks. And he got all defensive and was like, I just had a bunch of extra mulch and I thought you guys would appreciate it, all this stuff. And, um, <laughs> and ever since then, he hasn't made eye contact with us. He took away the stones and he won't make eye contact. And it's very, yeah, he's acting very weird towards us now. How high can you can you um, plant some plants? Natasha's, by the way, you've called the right podcast, just so you know. Because <laughs> not only have we had issues, but also... I'm an Na expert in privacy hedges. Na Natasha's got so many strategies for privacy. She perhaps is the most private desiring person I've ever, <laughs> ever known in my life. And we're in the middle of growing some hedges right now. I just think that the whatever the high, because it's better than a fence. Like you can grow like Eugenia or ficus and they start yeah. out cute and small. And then you have a wall of green and like, two years yeah and like i just think the more you don't have to see people and you can be really nice to them when you see them but then like you don't have to like have a shared wall and also give them the benefit of the bout of the doubt like give give yourself i don't know a few more inches on give them a few more inches or something and just have your wall of privacy the, you know that's the, what i would do the great lie that people tell us when we're young is that if you're like open and communicative and set boundaries that make sense that you're going to get good results. I wouldn't talk to them. There are unbelievably unstable people in the world. And mm -hmm. you don't need to worry about being assholes. You need to worry about uh, building fences. And also you want to have like, they're, they're right next to you. So you don't want it to be weird. So I think it's like the more you can just smile and be nice and cool. And I, I don't know why you exchange numbers with them. But <laughs> Well, the other part of it is that our kids are friends. Oh, what? Ew, so that's like the other wrinkle it. in his our neighborhood is a lot of families. We and can't help of, like, you. Yeah, and we're gonna see him like all the time. Like the, all the young kids all hang out with each other, and like we had a block party the other week, and that's where he didn't make eye contact with us. Mm. Like all the kids are playing, and I was like, "Hey." He's but just like, but listen, around. if he doesn't want to make eye contact with you, then fine. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't let yeah. your kids spend the night at his house, you know, but yeah, like gonna come home with you a, can be there. A mouthful of a mulch, you know, you send them home in the middle of the night. Just <laughs> no, like we actually a, don't let our kids spend the night at their house. So listen, I mean, what can you do? You don't have to chase his ass, you know, like you said the thing. Now you can just be nice and available and open. If he wants to come talk to you, he can. And you're there. And hey, how's it going? You kind of want to just like my my MO is kind of turn into a robot. 
<laughs> hey, how's it going? Nice to see you. Oh, hold on. I need to go find Ethan. Hey, oh, great to see you. Hey, how's it going? Just like be like a nice robot. I feel like that's exactly what I've done this past week because he he always walks outside when we walk outside. Like we will go out to our car and he'll always be like, where are you guys going? Wait, Ooh. that's why I'm saying you, you got to like plant some Eugenia. Where are you guys going? Yeah, and he'll <laughs> we'll say, we're going to dinner. And he's like, but where? It has like to be specific. It has to be specific. That is but now so he's not talking to us, so I guess that kind of resolves that problem. I mean, to yeah. be honest, the minute you said he's avoiding eye contact with you, I was like, oh, lucky. Like, isn't that exactly what you want? Like, the truth is, what I was going to say, the great lie is that if you set boundaries, people will be you know, respectful and you'll get your way. But they didn't account for the fact that there's just unstable people out there and they will not respect your boundaries and they'll get. But he didn't actually sound aggressive. He sounds like he's butthurt. And that's kind of like great because don't you want this guy to talk to you less? What are you feeling guilty? Yeah. F fuck that. Yeah, and I think it's just like that energy at those events. I mean, I guess that's just like our own anxiety that we need to deal with. But it's just what like, events are you talking about? To, like, have a conversation neighborhood neighborhood gatherings. Yeah. <laughs> For what? They must live in like a hot cul-de-sac. What are you talking about? Like how we old? Do. Are you? We do. We live we in do. a little. How, how old are your the kids? kids are like, we want to go play with the other kids. How old are your kids? I mean, by the way, can I just say, as a parent of an only child, this sounds like a dream. If I could just let her loose out the door in a cul-de-sac and yeah. have like yeah. six friends. If we could just have our unstable neighbors <laughs> that are constantly peering into our window, figuring out where we're going to eat dinner, just watch our kid. That does sound nice. Wait, but like, so you guys have like neighborhood, you guys have, we live in Los Angeles where if you go outside, you're murdered or your car is robbed immediately. Like no matter what, every time I've gone outside, I've been stabbed. So... Uh, so, so you guys like have like cul-de-sac gatherings? Yeah. Yeah. And like during the summer, like the kids don't have school, so they'll be playing with each other all the time. You like know. between houses and stuff, which, which we do love. We love all of that. But what's the, what's the gathering part? It's like holidays. I'm just trying to wrap yeah. my brain around what you're uh, worried about. Um, they honestly host a lot of events at their house for the like neighborhood group, which I think is part of it. I'm like, I'm like, I don't really want to go to their house anymore, but I also don't want. They also know when we're home because they're always in our business. Yeah. So uh -huh. we like say, to say no. we say we can't go. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> I think how, how big is your between space yard? Not, it's almost, it's like, it's a strip of grass and the gardenias I planted that he now waters. Here's a better question. Is there any space that you can see where you could get more privacy physically? It doesn't sound like it, right? We could put like bigger bushes in that area, like between our driveways, but it's like our driveways are almost touching. But what, I'm asking what, how much space do you have from your house to the driveway that is almost touching? You got to get some space from that. 30 feet. Okay. So yes, you have space to plant ficus. And I think ficus is your friend. And that, I think. Dude, when I moved into my house, it was just an open space. And I remember like someone was helping me paint. And this woman just like walked into my yard and like demanded that the painter jump her car. <laughs> That's like definitely something he would do. This guy but walked I'm, into our house uninvited one time and started this working is, on this it. Is but but why, this is why I'm saying like, I, then I built a fence and no one can come into my yard. The, yeah. What's cool? I know it's a little late now. He'll see it, but the cool thing about plants is that they do, they grow very slowly, and you've <laughs> got you guys get you, now you got like a fifteen year plan. 
You know, you're, you you plan. No, but it takes two years. That's why Ficus is amazing. But what I'm saying is, you, uh, Wilson, your neighbor, uh, is going to not notice. He's just going to think you have these little bushes. Buy him short. Yeah, buy him short. Hey, and, just buy, and keep being oh, nice to we him. Just, we're inspired by you. We like gardening too. And definitely, <laughs> and give him an extra like uh, six inches if you can. Right. Of, so, on his, his spot, because your things are going to grow out. Then slowly you know? over time. Slowly over time, he'll start to notice that it's creeping up and he'll be like, oh, what? But he, what is he going to say? It, your bushes are tall? Like there's nothing for him to say. And then they'll just be six feet tall and then you you just will have your space to yourself. And the only time you'll see him is when you walk out of your house onto the street or go to one of these gatherings and then you're just polite. And then he goes, why do you uh, put those bushes in? And you go, oh, I, we like, but we like, you don't like them? I mean, just profane ignorance. <laughs> also, just- another cool thing I'm noticing is that like I'd say 40 to 70% of people have just an earbud in their ear. So like whenever you see someone, like sometimes when I'm like walking through wilderness and I see some guy that I'm scared of, I'm just like, I kind of smile and pretend like I'm talking on the phone. Like even though I don't even have an earbud in, like you can just kind of always like be on the phone, distracted your kid. Hey, how's it going? You know? And then you're like, got something. They can't do that. Because they're living in this like Americana cul-de-sac community. They, there's no option for them to fully. We are, we're, we're in Atlanta. Like we're not like in a. I'm not saying you guys are small town pea brains. Okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that the community you're living in, does, it wouldn't really allow you to do the kind of thing where you're what we would probably do, which is just be like, hi, and walk the other yeah. way. That's not an option for you because you, but guys, you can still always be pretending you're on the phone. That doesn't make sense. They live 12 <laughs> feet from each other. He'll be like, why are you always on the phone? I'm always on the phone. I always got a okay. earbud. In. I'm taking rolling calls. One thing we did notice, um, here's a story from our life. We had a neighbor when we moved into this house um, and we paid $9.8 million for this house. Um, no, we didn't. That's a joke. I just was <laughs> trying to flex. Um, no, we moved into this house and we moved we moved the, uh, the, the heater for the, there's a hot tub and we moved the heater for the hot tub from inside of the yard to like just outside of it to build a fence around. It's not very loud. But the person across the street from us started having like conniption fits. I mean, she was like, my dog, I had to take my dog to the ER because it's got, it's, 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 it's hearing is being affected by the frequency of your, of your, the pump. And then another day she came over one o'clock in the morning, banging on the, we had a guest and she banged and woke the guest up to complain about the, the, the pool pump. And then the next, uh, a week after that, she said she called the, the, the city because the, the pump was going, but it wasn't going, the, the, it was a vacuum cleaner. So finally, I, I built this, um, I spent like $1,200 to build soundproofing around the thing. And she finally kind of went away. And then we were like, okay, she was gone away. And then we got her a holiday gift. We got her like all of our neighbors. We got them like chocolates for the holidays. And as soon as we did that, she just started showing up at our house again, ringing the doorbell, complaining because we had reopened the kind of like lines of communication. That was really dumb. But but that's what I'm saying is like people. I didn't know that, though, until I did that. Right. So it's like once you because have, I don't share reality with that person. So how am I ever going to see eye to eye? Why would I ever yeah. want to have a conversation about what is reality because to her reality is coming over to my house at three in the morning or when I was vacuuming and she came over and thought that there was like 
I don't know what. There we was... were vacuuming at three in the morning because we no, were, the we're... vacuuming was in the middle of the day, and she thought it was the pool pump. Right, and I was like, I'm vacuuming. So I. And she's listening to your vacuum. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just saying, why would I want to engage in any conversation with this person? Yeah. But here's the thing about boundaries is that they're they're not actually difficult. People say, oh, setting boundaries is difficult. Setting boundaries is incredibly easy. It's holding to those boundaries that is difficult. And what are the boundaries? Well, they set one. Hey, don't fucking landscape our yard. <laughs> don't Without do- asking. Like, if you had been like, we have some extra mulch. Can I put some in your garden? I'd probably been like, Okay, but you guys shouldn't have a shared garden wall. Like that's the thing. Like fences are civilized. If you can afford it, you have to get a fence. But but he would. And you never have. You can you can look at your neighbors ninety percent less. Yeah. If you get a fence. But what I was saying was about boundaries. Setting, but you set your boundary right. He reacted poorly to it, and now your instinct is to go. I'm sorry about the boundary. Maybe we're assholes. Maybe we're assholes for setting it. That's the problem with boundaries. It's never setting them. It's always following through with them. You've now set a really clear boundary. Hey, next time, ask. He's, his feelings are hurt. You have to hold the line. You must hold the line. If you capitulate, if you go to him and say, sorry about what I said. Sorry, are we cool? If you do anything like that, then he it's back to him being like, oh, good. I can do whatever I want. Oh, yeah, so you realize you fucked up. You fucked up by ever checking me on super inappropriate behavior got it i'm back in control if you stay the stay the course and say hello and maybe it means being invited to his little gatherings less then or maybe it doesn't but just be polite be kind but stay firm then he can't then next time he doesn't have an excuse i guarantee if you go to him and try to make peace with him then he'll do something else because he'll see it as like awesome i got him yeah, and I'm glad we called because I was thinking about doing that, so I'm not going to now. I don't mean to be a jerk. No, no. You were I thinking about you, doing what? Like, like being like, just being like, it seems weird. Are we cool? You yeah. Know, just like because we're around each other all the time. Like, are and are Moshe, you, you're saying that if you say that, if you say, "Hey," it's implying that, "Hey," when I asked you not to terraform my yard, that I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't, I. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend you when I asked you not to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, right, oh my God. Like, I, I didn't like his answer. Like, if he would have been like, oh, I didn't realize. I thought that was my yard. But if he's like, oh, well, I had extra mulch. I'm trying to help you. If you want some peace. <laughs> if you want some peace in your community, I do have an idea. Uh, you don't have to go to him and uh, and uh, scrape and be obsequious. You could have a cul-de-sac gathering i don't know what it is you guys do a potato salad contest or <laughs> some sort of bunt, bunt cake off and invite him because you should be acting like nothing's weird because you know what nothing's weird there's nothing weird about telling your neighbor not to put fucking mulch in your yard that's normal God, I feel so sane now that, yeah. that's normal behavior so have a fucking have a cul-de-sac gathering and invite him hey would love to see you oh you didn't you could make it but oh still act like a robot I mean, yeah, I'm just saying if you want if you want peace and softness in that relationship, which it sounds like sort of you do, you do, there isn't the one option, which is to go to go to him and say sorry. There's another option, which is just act like everything's normal and invite him over for something. He will come because obviously he needs the approval of everybody and he wants to be the mayor of your cul-de-sac and he'll come and <laughs> he you, a thousand percent wants to be the mayor of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, guy, you got Karen over here, old old Ken. What do you call him, Ken? <laughs> well, listen guys, just try to like 
think about other stuff and it'll it'll pass. Don't exacerbate it. Yeah. So to to wrap up our advice, Ficus is your friend. Do not apologize when you do nothing wrong. It's like apologizing to somebody for getting mad that they stole your money. It's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. When I told you not to steal my cash. I, that, I, I shouldn't have talked to you in that particular way. Don't apologize. Be friendly and pretend you're on the phone. <laughs> That's what we think. Okay, good luck. Thank, Thank you, guys. you guys. Bye. Bye. I want to move to a cul-de-sac like that. That sounds cool. You would hate it, honey. Community cul-de-sac. I mean, if you all right, here here's what would be cool: five families. You like three of them. <laughs> I think right. I could I could live with that. That's difficult though because the five be families. So fun. That's how we should all be living in cul-de-sacs of like with three fifths of your friends. No, I mean it's but the problem with things like that actually are that they're really awesome ideas, and it is how we should all be living. But on every cul-de-sac is one of those guys. You you know what I mean. You're never going to get a perfect sack. Mm. It's just not available to you, mm. right? You're always going to have a wart on your sack. Mm. Always. You're always going to be like, oh, I love this community we've gotten, except for Ken. And, and right. then you're fine. And fu- Ken could be the guy who's like, oh, I don't want him around me. Uh, yeah. That's why good fences make good neighbors. There's good- no way to get a guy, get a cul de sac without that guy. What I if don't you think- like have. Three friends that you want to buy Why don't we a cul-de-sac think, Let's with. think about our block. Okay. Do we, how many of our neighbors do we like? We like four out of five of them. Do we have any troublesome neighbors? We got, we got a ward on our sack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love, I love our next door neighbors. I love our next door neighbors on both sides. But there is somebody in the area who I wouldn't use the word love. I would use the word pray for a natural disaster. There's also a lot of like um, vans parked around. Well, those are our unhoused neighbors. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Are you stressing over what to bring to all of your holiday get togethers this year? Milk Bar has got you covered with treats that are always a crowd pleaser. Get your loved ones a delicious treat from Milk Bar this holiday season. A box of desserts shipped right to their door is sure to spread the cheer. Come on, who doesn't want delivery of cakes and baked goods and cookies that you don't have to waste your precious time cooking? James Beard award-winning celebrity chef Christina Tossi opened the first Milk Bar Bakery in 2008 in New York City, and she has been shaking up the dessert scene ever since with her unique spin on iconic flavors. And now you can ship Milk Bar's desserts nationwide. Milk Bar is the perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life this holiday season. For a limited time, Milk Bar is offering their delicious new chocolate mint chip cake, my favorite, and truffles, peppermint bark snap cookies, my daughter's favorite, just in time for the holidays. Also, get your hands on their limited quantity of lab drops, including peppermint tie-dye pie, hello, I need this, made in limited batches straight from their experimental kitchen. Every Milk Bar creation is made fresh, then thoughtfully and beautifully packaged 
so it arrives in perfect condition, ready for you to wow whoever you bring it to. I mean, it's so much better than going to the 7-Eleven and grabbing some cheap bottle of wine that you don't want them to see that you brought. Right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $15 off any order of $80 or more when you go to milkbarstore.com honeymoon. You'll get 15 bucks off any order of $80 or more by going to milkbarstore.com honeymoon. That's milkbarstore.com honeymoon. Okay, let's do we another have someone call. Else. Why don't we do another call? Okay, can we take a call? We're going to call Jillian calling, in Los Angeles. Calling from the liberal hellscape, the <laughs> war zone itself, Los Angeles, California. Jillian. Jillian. Jillian from LA. Jillian, we're so close to you right now. We don't know what neighborhood you're in, but we're neighbors. I like your tree behind you. Thank you. So nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. God, isn't... We were just talking about how um, Los Angeles is so scary. You know, you can't even walk outside without being robbed and murdered. You know what I mean? I know, especially here in Encino. Oh my God, Encino is a fuck. It's some. It might as well be Mogadishu. Hey, Jillian, question about the nails. I see that yes. you have like long black nails and I've seen them a lot lately. They, they look, look hot. Good. I like it. But like, can you do everything? Like, can you make a sandwich? That's not what you're really wondering about. I, I want to start somewhere. Can you wipe a sandwich? <laughs> I can do everything. The hardest thing is opening a can. Oh, it's interesting. Like the can of dog food. Uh-huh. You can't get your thumb to rest on the top mm. to pop the can. Interesting. That's the only thing you need a, a utensil for. That's it. Mm. They look cool. They look cool. Thank you. They Thank look- you. Uh, what's going on, Jillian? How can we help? So this isn't a romantic advice question. However, um, my question is, I have had the same best friend for 23 years. And as of, I think, 10 days ago, she has now sided with Kanye. And I am a Jew. <laughs> Wait, people side with Kanye? Yeah, yeah. sure. I guess no so. way. Yeah. And is that I'm mental illness? Jew, so... Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it out. Yeah, it's it's messy. So. She is not Jewish. Mm-hmm. I am. And she, on a FaceTime call, revealed to me that she believes Jews control the media uh-huh. and that Kanye didn't really say anything that bad. And that um, the only reason that people were posting the I support my Jewish friends thing was because Jews have more resources to do that. Mm. And so my question is, Jews have more resources to do what? Make posts? To to get the word out as opposed to say the people of Iran. Mm. And that's where Mm -hmm. she was coming from. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, she is right. She is right that you've never seen another marginalized group in the midst of a hate situation have any sort of uh, hashtags or posts. We've never seen exactly, that before. never. That was the first time in history that we've seen that. Ever in the history of social media have okay. we seen this. Okay. Con- um, Coney 2012. Go ahead. Yeah. So that happened. And then through a series of, you know, I kind of just let her talk and didn't really want to say anything because the one time I did speak, I said, well, as a proud Jew myself, she said, you don't have to say you're Jewish, Jillian. I know. Mm. So Mm. I just kind of let it go. But since then, 
we've only exchanged a couple of voice texts because mm-hmm. it's not safe for us to speak in real time. But what do you mean it's not safe? You'll fight? It's too, yeah, I, I okay. can't get a word in and it's too heated of a subject because it's it. so stupid. And so, um, and since she's a friend of Bill W, mm-hmm. the messages I've been getting are just very, I take accountability. I thank you for teaching me, but it's not a real, never did she say, I don't believe Jews control the media. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't believe that Kanye didn't say anything that bad. Ooh. It was just a lot of program talk. God, I hate that so much. Natasha, I don't know if you can relate to that, but there's... Oh, and people call you up and say they want to give you their amends. Yeah, there's this specific kind of language where it's like, you're just parroting something your sponsor told you to say, or it feels so disingenuous and fake that it might as well not be a, an apology. But yes, is it... Okay, go ahead. I just... I'm like, do I throw away this friendship? Of course, my parents are like, you know, anytime you say anything anti-Semitic, you're done. You're no, out. No, yeah, yes, you throw away the friendship. The friend, you don't right? have a friendship. No, you, there is no friendship. You have a friend who revealed themselves to be harboring, um, uh, like anyone s- who thinks any race is something. It, if you think all this are blank, like there's something wrong. Absolutely, with you. I and mean, and you're not really someone who is evolved and worthy of. I, for me, like if someone was just like, oh, all of blank are blank, I I, I can't really I'm, be friends with them. Yeah, I mean, this is just this is a uh, this is not easy. It's not. It's an easy answer. It's not. It's certainly yeah. not an easy emotional situation. This is incredibly difficult. But I mean, listen. The last two and a half, three years, everybody is crazier. Every person, every single mm-hmm. person, including me and Natasha, as hard as that is to believe, but including you, including your best friend, everybody's been pushed by this sort of toxic sludge that we've been swimming in for the last two and a half years, and four years before that, and ten years before that. But we're all crazier. Social media has made everybody nuts. But your friend has revealed to you that either she has become radicalized against, I mean, listen, I would hope that you would uh, not be able to continue this friendship if you weren't Jewish, right? But, but it's you. I mean, it's like, what? I mean, try to imagine I call you and I'm a black guy and I go, hey, I've got this best friend of 23 years and, <laughs> you know, I just found out, you know, he, he just, the Kanye thing set him off and he's like, Black people are all like this, you know. I mean, yeah. you would just be like, "What? Oh, your friend does. Your friend is racist. You have to. Not, that's not your friend anymore." I mean, th- that's to me like a a, a non-starter. Uh, just yeah, the twenty. This whole idea. I'm a big Natasha. Always accuses me of being too into time served in a friendship, right, mm-hmm. Taj? That that's like. Oh, I, I don't know. Is that a thing I say? Yeah, that I like. I, nostalgia is so important to me that I'm like willing to kind of accept things that are not really acceptable just mm. based on the amount of... I'm the same way, yeah. Of, of like, hours you've put in. Of hours in and years in and, you know, oh, we were this together. We've been sober together. Is she? Are you sober as well? Yeah. You know, oh, we're sober in the trenches together and, oh, we went through all that. It's just like, but this is a toxic relationship that is no longer serving anything. Like, I, I, I think racism is a very simple way that I would cut a person out of my life, specifically my race. It just seems so simple. And it's not like I'm hiding in the shadows. I mean, I have mezuzahs everywhere and I'm very proud of being Jewish. So it's not, I mean, this is something that's a very, she was at my bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I'm not hiding anything. It just, 
And it's all because of Kanye, which is so crazy. And she proved my point. But she's just reacting. She's reacting yeah. to this thing. So I think it's just time to like not be there in her zone for a while and just, you know, ignore her while she like figures out her life. Seriously. Yeah. She kind of tried to backtrack on it in one of those, you know, programmy voice notes I got. But again, never once said, I don't believe these things just said, I take accountability and thank you for teaching me. I'm sorry. I just remembered the nuances of anti-Semitism. Mm, mm-hmm. Nuance. It's very nuanced to say Jews control the media. So she is sounds, that a quote? She, Was that a quote? Jews control the media. Yeah, I mean, she sounds very susceptible too. So clearly, someone's like telling her things that she, that are affecting her, and she's like reacting. Yeah, Kanye. Well, I mean, look. <laughs> I just I I keep trying to not give credence to him. Like, are people really just listening to Kanye? To I mean. Yes. But he's like, doesn't he seem mentally ill? I mean, to be honest, like, there's no way that your best friend of 23 years. It's like saying, like, Britney Spears. She said it. (laughs) Britney said that Jews are bad. No, but there's this weird phenomenon. that She was holding her nipples and then, like, showing her asshole in her swimsuit. You're going to get, they're coming for you. The Britney (laughs) hive. Yeah, but I'm just saying like it's very similar so but there's this new thing that's happening in in social media and in the world in general it's dick riding powerful men who are dick riding unstable powerful men so people think he's great just because he's successful there's just a thing Elon Musk Donald Trump uh, Kanye West they all have this kind of thing in common which is that people and honestly, there's there's examples of people that aren't just kind of leaning right. I, there are examples on the left too. I'm trying to think of of a, of an example, but at any rate, there's there's these examples of of people that no matter what they do, no matter what they say, people will ride the dick because they. I don't know what it is. It's this like weird thing in the water right now. Like like you can't see the forest for the trees because you're too enamored of the person saying it. Like but, a like a fempire. But or like it, a manpire. That is the closest thing we have on on the on the other on the kind of the more left leaning side is like a kind of a you know a, a inability to see what Hillary Clinton did wrong or like or like you know don't ever talk about Beyonce. I don't know, but there's this particular thing that's happening now, which is the the dick riding of unstable, powerful men. I don't quite understand the phenomenon. But like, no matter what Elon Musk does or says, no matter how obviously stupid it is, there will be people that are just like, that is good. It is good what happened. He's a genius. He gets it. He always playing nine dimensional chess. But this is what I was thinking. I just don't believe that your best friend of 23 years who you've known, who came to your bat mitzvah, heard Kanye West three weeks ago say Jews control the media and now believes Jews control the media. I just, I don't. No, people are really dumb right now, Moshe. They could be. They, they're like into, they, TikTok is their God. They're right. like, oh, I don't go there anymore because TikTok said, or I read this because TikTok said. I like the accent of the, the classic TikTok <laughs> I'm, user. I'm just saying like. I, I, I like people aren't hashtag like. cook talk. They're not in reality anymore. So maybe this is part of it. Um, I don't know. So you know this f- person from before the program. Yes. So you're like yeah. an old childhood friend. Yes, I've seen the whole journey. And she she is a susceptible person. She um, 
is, and she's also a huge, huge, huge Kanye, like fanatic. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, there uh, is a link. You do, be, you do believe that it really is because Kanye said it. Well, this is my thing. It's like, I think that's the reason she said it or that she felt emboldened to do so, which is the problem he's causing everywhere right now. But clearly those thoughts were in her if she's saying them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is tough. And this is something that Jews just have to kind of deal with. And it fucking sucks. Like, I remember when Nick Cannon had his, like, outburst about Jews. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't care. To be honest, I don't give a fuck what Nick Cannon's. I don't know Nick. and, And I certainly don't know Kanye. I don't actually care what they're saying. It's all about people like your best friend that's actually the problem because anti-semitism is this kind of weird uh simmering thing that's always kind of like beneath the surface and i'm sure racism and transphobia and all that stuff has similar characteristics but anti-semitism always feels just this like kind of ever-present thing and when someone says it then all of a sudden these things bubble up and as like i the thing that was heartbreaking for me during the nick cannon thing was all of a sudden two people in particular that I had been friends with and thought that I, I mean, I wasn't as close as you. It was a lot easier for me to say fuck those people. But people I'd known for years who I was friends with were just like, where's the lie? I would see that on like social media. And I'm like, oh, do you, you hate some part of my, of right. who I am? Like, I, and it's always, I don't mean you. Also, imagine yourself not liking a group of people. It's like, would you, would you ever be like that? So, I can't believe she's like that. But then I I'm mean, just saying if someone's yeah. like that, they can't really hang, you know, like you can't really be friends with people who imagine you thinking that all Italians were something or all black people were this or all Asian people were this or all Jews were that like, that's just stupid. Yeah. Not, not to sound like stupid, but, you know, it's it's just kind of uh, just think about you being like that. I mean, I think it's absolutely abhorrent. And it's I just and I was just thinking, well, am I just being too sensitive or something? Like I said, my parents, you know, are very they know her, too. So they were like, she's done forever. And it's hard to just go. It's like ending a relationship when you're you know, we would talk every single day. She knew everything about me. You She's would talk been- every day until con- the Kanye <laughs> kerfuffle? Every single day. Not only every day, but multiple times a Seriously, day. Seriously, if you are that like inspired by Kanye, uh-uh. I know. Something's, that's, up, something's that's, up. Big up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Something's not right. Well, here's what's. Here's- oh, maybe he's like a poster child. Is that the word? For uh, lost lost people? Are, are people like attaching themselves to him because he's so crazy? I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about anti-Semitism. And this is, I think about it a lot. And this to me is like one of the heartbreaking realities of just like being a Jew. And and, and it's actually one of the, um, it, it, it's actually more heartbreaking and, and it's less, it's more heartbreaking and less difficult than the kind of racism. I, I don't want to compare anything. My point is, a lot of people um, who are more, the, that the racism is more surface level. It's more obvious sometimes, this is a guess, I could be wrong, please check me if I'm incorrect, where people stand. But being a Jew, because you do have this kind of like, 
passing privilege and white privilege and you walk through the world in this way that you kind of are like a blending in, um, it's very possible to live your whole life and go, oh, I don't even think, I've never been affected by anti-Semitism. It's yeah. just never, I'm from California. It's just, I've ne- it's never come up. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like th- that's something that you believe? Like it's this bizarre particular. Yeah, it's this bizarre particular. Like I-, I don't feel that my black friends are shocked by instances of racism because they have experienced them out in the world, in the wild, uh, with, with 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 regularity, yes, obviously a a black friend would be shocked by his white best friend all of a sudden revealing that they had harbored right. racist sentiment because they've been listening to Kid Rock. But <laughs> uh, no, maybe not Kid Rock, Ted Nugent. Um, but this is like a particular to me a very particularly Jewish experience where all of a sudden someone you were walking along, being naive, enjoying like the privilege of just being a a a, a, a a white passing Jew in America. And then all of a sudden you're like, my best friend thinks this stuff. Like what, how, how did this happen? And I just think like, unfortunately for me, that's a deal breaker. Like you have, but you have a complicated and deep relationship with this person. So it is possible that you could give this person one more chance, but I would not give this person one more chance um, via text message, I would say, it, depending on how valuable this relationship with is to you, which it seems like it is, I would say something like, "I love you. I you've been in my life forever. I I, I was this wasn't a small thing or a thing that you can make right by sending me um, a, a voice message. This was a gigantic shock to me, and mm-hmm. it it almost and maybe did destroy our relationship. But if you want to do the work." to repair that relationship, here's five books on anti-Semitism that you can read. And then you we should can... just give her an IQ test. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is like, if you want to give her another chance, it shouldn't be okay. Well, you know, I love you. And so let's get through this to me. This is my feeling. It should be I need you to like check out like I need you to do a deep dive on all of the things that you're thinking and and really literally read. Why these. does she want to get into a conversation? This with is her him. best friend of 23 years. She's like, but Kanye said that um all of their last names are Jewish. <laughs> what do you? How do you argue with that? I mean, I don't know. It's well, like it's, fr- it's very frustrating. As I, I'm very frustrated by this whole. There's this whole idea that that if you're rich, you have the right answer. Like. Why would anyone even listen to Kanye? Wasn't he like into Trump and trying to like rabble rouse? Well, there's, you know, many people like Trump as well. Mm. He's probably going to be. This girl does not though. And that's what's so interesting about, I feel like this new, and I kind of said this to her in my message was, this is sort of this new version of anti-Semitism I'm seeing brewing with this Kanye situation where it's like, well, I'm woke and I am for, everyone and i'm not biased against anyone but the jews they're up to some shit and it's like i don't see how i can forgive that really it's a very i'm just in a very difficult well i think i I think that's a legitimate position to say i i can't get past that and 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 i think i mean i think you should tell her i can't get past that but but if you 
But I don't know. I mean, if this is some a relationship that is worth salvaging, to me, I would suggest that getting past it would be would mean her getting some education around this stuff and the way that it would make somebody feel, and then. And then you guys kind of figuring out if it's even possible to work through it. This is like gigantic. I mean, it's like you could be married to somebody for 23 years and find out that he's been cheating on you with your sister and you also would end that relationship. Like there are certain things that are um, are red lines when once you pass them, the relationship is evaporated. And do you agree that, and this is working through that in my head, it's like, I don't doubt that she you know, maybe would read a book about something, but that just the fact that she had those feelings maybe is enough. I don't know. Cause I've never had any feeling even close to that. So the fact that those feelings are inside her and inside her enough to voice them, um, that's a pretty, that's heavy. That's a big deal. Friendships aren't supposed to last forever. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, it's true. And, and and they evaporate not just because of gigantic dramatic situations like this, you know. People grow apart, and I have and a f- some last forever, but you know, not all. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling this person's brain has been going in some odd direction for longer than you maybe have been aware of, because I just don't see that one day Kanye says something racist, and you're like, yeah, I'm in. I just feel like something else. There's something else happening in this person's life. Yeah, it was pop- that quick too. But you probably already knew that, that your friend, I mean, was she the most stable person in your life until this <laughs> week? <laughs> Couldn't be the the more unstable person I've ever known. Absolutely. Sometimes you look one day, you wake up and you realize, oh, this person's been kind of, I've been accepting weird stuff from this person for a long time. It just got loud enough that I can no longer accept it. I mean, yeah, is it weird for you to walk away? Not even close. I, I, for me, if I'm trying to figure out what it would be like if a best friend of 23 years all of a sudden said some shit like that to me, yeah, it would be over. That would that'd be the end of my relationship with that person. But I think people like that do need to be uh, educated too. So I, 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 I don't know. This is, this is tough, but I'd say, yeah, I would, I would moonwalk out of there, come to the annual meeting and we'll, you know, it, if there's one thing that'll make you feel better, it's swimming in the gold, golden coin pool that we all gather at every year. <laughs> well, good the luck. Golden pool. Yeah. Good luck, darling. And, uh, Thank you. you know, just, uh, every time you get rid of one friend, a new friend appears. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to add one quick thing, just a fun thing. Um, Moshe, I just want to tell you that I hated Tyga. Mm-hmm. And then you guys played dope at the end of an episode of The Champs like 15 <laughs> years ago. And I still listen to it. So thank you for that. You oh, have, you're you, making people like Tyga, Moshe? You got Neil to thank for that. I guarantee you I didn't put the Tyga track there. It's a so. fire song, I have to say. Shout Honey, out to Neil Brennan. It is truly fire. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Tr- wait, whoa, whoa. It is truly fire, and I love TikTok. What I love is Tiger Talk. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, just stand your ground. Just do it. You can do it. Thank you. I, I mean, really- I don't see that you have another choice, really. I mean, it just seems this is such an obvious thing. I mean, this whole idea that there's a nefarious... Are Jews overrepresented in the entertainment industry? Of course they are. Yeah, there's a lot of them. 
There's a lot of Indians in the tech industry as well, but nobody ever says like, ah, they've the Indians are gathering together with their code magic to control the levers of power. It's just like only Jews are this like fucking warlock people that couldn't possibly be successful in an industry without having some like bizarre master plan. I got no space for that. You, you, you're fired forever. Yeah, you're out. Not to be confused with being fire. Being yes. fire, like Taiga. Like Taiga. Like Taiga. Who is yes. a who is a strong supporter of the Jewish people. <laughs> Undoubtedly, he wrote dope. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck, Thank honey. Thank you very much. I appreciate the help. Thank you. Goodbye. It makes me mad. Shit like that makes me so mad. Taiga. Yeah, the people think I put the tag attack at the end. I'm just pissed. <laughs> Fucking Neil, man. No, just I hate that shit. I hate that. I, I, I wrote about it in my book recently. Imagine just, teaching your child that all blank are blank. And then your child goes, really? Oh, really? All Bangladeshi people are are secretly violent? Hmm. Where, how do you know that? Oh, well, it's because... Uh, a singer I like said so. It's just like, what what rock bottom logic? Like, oh yeah, there was a singer that I like that said that. I remember when I was in seventh grade, our psychology teacher was like, yeah, like if a German person breaks into your house, you'll hate German people. And I remember thinking like, that is stupid. What is he talking about? <laughs> Don't send your kids to public school. Okay, listen. Do if you send have a, your kids to public school. If you have a secret, uh, leave it for us at 213-222-8608. Or you can also email us at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail if you would like to be on the show asking for advice in real time. Also, subscribe to our Patreon. Our we Patreon is great. Some really fun events coming up. I'm about to drop a couple more mixtapes, actually. Mm, that's not what I was talking about. But also there's that. And go on YouTube. Listen on YouTube. It's the easiest way to listen. And subscribe. Absolutely. And order Natasha's book. Come see me on tour. And I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs>